Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, Arepa. The makers call this brain food. A drink they say can improve cognitive function, reduce stress and help keep your mind clear. It won the backing of a Kiwi sporting giant. Kiwi company Arepa has landed a slam dunk. Basketball star Stephen Adams has invested in the brain drink, taking a 1.44% stake. As well as some business leaders, the support of academics and health groups and taxpayer funding. But the drink that translates as alpha promised too much in its marketing and health claims. Arepa is New Zealand's first smart drink. It's scientifically designed to help support mental clarity uh, during moments of pressure and stress. And got into trouble. The makers of Arepa, a popular drink marketed for its brain-boosting qualities, are defending their product as scientists question its benefits. The company was found to have breached our food standards code and has had to publish a clarification on its website. This is going to be a bit of a kick in the teeth. Yeah, it is a little bit. It's tough to, uh, to balance complex and emerging science with a, um, with a food code. A food code the company's front man says is outdated. Today we talk to a neuroscientist about why he still thinks Arepa is a great Kiwi story, despite his own study showing the drink does not live up to its claims, and why he spoke out about his concerns in the same week that MPI acted. Okay, so my name's Associate Professor Nicholas Gant, Nick, (laughs) from the University of Auckland. And I I work in the um, uh, Department of Exercise Sciences, and and I'm a neuroscientist. So we sort of look at how the brain performs uh, with nutrition, uh, oxygen deprivation, all kinds of things like that, uh, that that are all related to making your brain work as well as it can. Right, so Nick, the first thing we're going to do... Is. Yes. Now this was my idea, and and she just offered me a coffee. I said, no, no, no. We've got some. Yeah. Uh, we've got some drinks. We we've can got have this. brain drink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we can so, see if the podcast gets better over time. As well, that's we, right. If we, we get brainier yeah. by the end of it, people that's can right. see if we're using smarter words. So this is full flavored black currant. Yes. So and and the, the can looks very similar to a, a Red Bull or a V, doesn't it? The sort of it energy does, drinks. Actually. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to pour out some for you, and you'd be very familiar with this. Yes. Yeah. Nick. What I like about the taste is that it's very difficult to get these types of ingredients, particularly extracts and things, to taste nice because mm. they're in they're more concentrated than you get them in the natural fruit. Although most of it is um, New Zealand berry fruit and um, and apple juice. The, yeah. the the drink itself. So cheers. Cheers. Um, and well, let's let's talk about this because you've been involved. Uh, no, the University of Auckland have been involved in two of the published studies and a number of studies. I see. Um, I helped out at probably the very beginning, I think, in terms of um, testing the product a long what time happened? ago now. Tell me about it. Um, what happened in terms of the Genesis story is a really interesting story, and we're hoping it will become a Kiwi success story. Well, we've all invested in this, you know, our our time and New Zealand scientists and taxpayer money for the um, ongoing product trials and things. So uh, it was a young, tenacious entrepreneur. Um, his name's Angus. He just started out in the food and beverage industry. And um, he had this really great idea. I think if, if, if I'm right in my memory, he'd watched a documentary on people that get into this flow state or the zone that artists and creatives perform really well in. It, it's now termed mental clarity in, in these products. You know that zone, like you're really productive, you're not too overstimulated. And um, he came to me and lots of my other colleagues asking about this. And scientists had shown that um, a certain type of brainwave, an alpha brainwave, is dominant when you're in this state. said, I want to make a drink or a product to 
generate alpha brainwaves. And the company was originally called AlphaGen, Alpha Generate Alpha Brainwaves. So he went to uh, probably the best guy in the world at the time um, in this niche area of the natural products that could do these sorts of things in foods. And um, he gave him a, a list of um, these bioactives that could work and the time up with quantities to, to use them. And, and then and he started formulating them. Uh, that's Professor Andrew Scully, who's now, he's a bit conflicted, so he, uh, he's the chief science officer for the company now, I think. Or, I uh, see. Okay. Uh, um, uh, he took a role in the company, but, but, but not at that time. Can I just stop you there, Nick? So when Angus Brown came to you and said, I want to do this, what was your first reaction? I think many of us have thought about this before, knowing that stimulant drinks can overstimulate you and, and not get you into this state. And I, and I know in my own mind that, that my writing's much better late at night when all the caffeine's worn off and those sorts of things. But knowing some of the nutrients and a little bit about them, I thought that's going to be quite hard to do. And there's, there were, But there were a few that had promise and they're in the drink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I thought it was worth a shot for sure and, and encouraged him. And, and he did a great job. He got some investors, money together. And um, he's a really, I think he has a sales background. So really great marketing behind it and everything else. And sort of since then, I, I think he agrees with me. I spoke with him the end of last week and the um, chief science officer. The marketing sort of run away and is a little bit disjointed from some of the actual claims. However, that's not what they're in trouble about. I'm just saying some of the marketing, particularly the online marketing, is a, is a bit disingenuous for what it has been proven to do. Okay. Or, yeah. Its makers made claims that it helps your cognitive and physical uh, abilities. It boosts everything. Well, uh, the scientific community came out about a week ago and said there was a lack of solid support that showed that the brand's drinks and powders boosted mental and athletic performance. And then MPI, Ministry of Primary uh, Industries, came out and agreed with that and has forced the company to say this on their products. Never give up. Trust your gut. Politely hustle. Do your homework and make sure that your product is fit for the market and future-proofed. That's a clip from founder and CEO Angus Brown last year. Arepa's website lays out the years of effort that have gone into this drink and powder. It talks about the three key ingredients, blackcurrant, pine bark extract and L-theanine. Scroll down and you see the list of research partners, universities in New Zealand, Australia and the US, the Dementia Centre for Research Collaboration in Oz and government agencies Callaghan Innovation and Plant and Food Research. There are more than 30 clinical research projects and trials. But here's a key point. Most are on the individual ingredients, not the cocktail that make up the actual Arepa products. And at the bottom on the homepage, this. The Ministry for Primary Industries has ordered the juice maker to publish this notice on their website, declaring that health claims attributed to pine bark extract and L-theanine, two key ingredients in the drink, are unsubstantiated. Or, in the words of MPI, the company has not properly identified the fact that some of the product's claimed benefits can be attributed to its vitamin C content. This leaves the impression they are the result of enzogenol and L-theanine, or the overall product formulation itself. Angus Brown says they're working with MPI to fix it. But let's hear more from Dr Nick Gant about those ingredients and the research. In my laboratory, we do a lot of cognitive testing around real-world performance. And so we have the ability to take a product like this, drink it as we've done, and then see, uh, this one says drink on uh, 30 minutes before you need that 
um, that clarity or mental boost or whatever it says mm. on the online marketing and test at 30 minutes. This drink, unfortunately, hasn't been tested at 30 minutes on anybody uh, yet um, in that way uh, and published. Oh. No, <laughs> that's the problem that I've been sort of, uh, I've been trying to sort of tell people, you know, what's going on. And I think they think that that's what they're buying it for at the moment, or that's what the science supports, because it's on the shelf around the other drinks and, and you see the people's reviews around it. Oh, it's perked me up. I'm having it instead of my coffee. The published research, people have been taking it every day for a week or more. And that's a good way to take it because it's full of um, vitamin C and other plant polyphenols that give your brain these important nutrients that it needs to perform better. So I think if you took it every day for a week, and I think some of the evidence that's about to come out will show that's a very good thing to do for your brain. But they've not tested the way most people, I think, the marketing... I mean, you seem quite surprised there that that wasn't the what we'd call the paradigm in which it's been tested. Mm. Um, and so that, it's a clever way of doing marketing, isn't it? And all of these companies do this, so we shouldn't... You know, I mean, the, uh, unfortunately, they're getting a bit of stick for it mm. now. But, you know, I think some of it's deserved. For example... Red Bull gives you wings. I don't think many consumers are sitting there like Icarus waiting for the wings to grow, right? But I think most consumers, after 30 minutes, are assuming something will happen because it was tested and, as they say, scientifically and clinically proven, which it hasn't been. Tell me about the process. I mean, for a start, what's your contract between you or the University of Auckland and this company? Well, th well, that can vary. You can have um, a commercial contract with the company um, that's just done on a, a, a fee-for-service basis, or is happening with the research that perhaps we should talk about that's published, where there's co-funding in that case with government's um, high-value nutrition program, where they identify products that could make um, a lot of export revenue for New Zealand and, and be really beneficial, which this one um, probably will be uh, and is and co-invest around testing it. Now, you'd usually start with the ingredients and there's good data from small trials on each of these ingredients in isolation. So they have some subtle effects on the brain. And so when you have the ingredients tested, you put them together in a cocktail, but you must check at that point the cocktail does what you expect. In the same way as your um, pharmacist will look at the drugs you might be given for different diseases to make sure they still do what they're supposed to when they interact with each other. And that's the thing that hasn't been done correctly with the drink yet and needs to be done, in my view, for um, to substantiate the claims, the claims they're making. Yeah. So what was the agreement here? The company pays the university to do some studies? I think the funding mechanism for high value nutrition is quite uh, open. It's all on, on their website. I think it's a co-funding model where um, the company invests either in cash or in kind, I think, uh, and, and it's matched to some degree or, or funded to some degree by taxpayers' money, um, through, usually through these types of things are through MB or... Um, and, the scrut and, the, and everything's scrutinised by scientists and, and the studies are, are performed by good researchers like my colleague Andrea that's um, performed the two that have, that have been published. OK, you've got this agreement with the company in a co-funded study. Then what is the next step for you? Oh, the next step for us then is... Um, the company are no longer involved so that they don't bias us in any way. Um, and we form a placebo drink or solution that 
tastes the same, or, or they do, but doesn't have the active ingredients we're interested in. And then um, we, in a controlled way, we recruit people in the demographic we want. You know, in my case, it's normally young, healthy people, the type that might take a drink for studying an exam or doing some sports, something like that. And they'll come in and without telling them which drink is which, we'll test them. And in my lab, we do some computer-based cognitive performance tests. So tests a, a bit like sitting a little exam, or we have a driving simulator where we simulate people driving around heavy Auckland traffic or uh, central Otago road and might feel sleepy on that drive. Or we have a flight simulator as well that the um, Air Force come in and, and use when we want to test these sorts of things to see if it's going to help with their flight performance. So uh, we, we'll do that. And then if enough people respond in a positive way to the real one versus the placebo one, we can accumulate that scientific evidence, analyse it, publish it. And that's the part where our peers will look at it and make sure it's robust. And then once we've published two, three, four of those studies, and it looks like a reliable trend, the scientific community will agree and there'll be a consensus. And MPI at that point um, will allow the company to substantiate a, a claim if it was in the mental performance area. There'll be a dossier of information from independent places showing that the the product works. Can you tell me about how many people were involved in those studies? The study that's looked at the cognitive performance used a test where uh, words appear and the colour's different to the word. So it's what we call an executive function test. So it, it looks at your ability to, to make those decisions quickly and effectively. And so rugby league players took the drink once a day for a week before training. Afterwards, they uh, darted upstairs, I think, after they finished training, sat down on an iPad and did this test and a few others. Mm. And they did it for one week with the product and one week with uh, placebo. And they did significantly better in, in that test after that week. So rugby players taking it every day for a week might be able to make decisions better in the changing rooms after a game is what the claim could be on the product, a scientific yeah. So you're claim. talking about a rugby team here or more than that? I think it's around that, you know, uh, 30 mark. So that will be considered a, a small group and a single study. And that or the results of that showed that these rugby players were what cognitively enhanced after drinking the Arepa drink compared with the placebo. Yeah, once a day for a week. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but of course, not 30 minutes after consumption, grabbing it on the way to work or... You know, in that 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 it, it's a very controlled yeah. environment, and Andrew would agree. It was a, it, yeah, it's a it's a um, it's a well conducted study, and there needs to be more of those to substantiate a claim, but not for the regulatory side of things. I mean, MPI have only stepped in here yeah. around the vitamin C, so the company have quite correctly said that the framework by which um, the Food Standards Act works and everything is quite old-fashioned. And so they have to keep their claims around things they're allowed to and people are allowed to make a claim around vitamin C. There's a whole bunch of other things in here that are more complex and novel than vitamin C. It's a closed case at the moment, so we, we don't know much about it apart from what MPI have said, but they mm. seem to have deviated from that in some way. But that's generated this more wider discussion, particularly with everybody saying, does it work or doesn't it, mm. about the use case people are using it for, which relates back to, I think, what the product was originally designed for, um, this brain-boosting short-term pick-me-up that's a healthier alternative to get in that zone than caffeinated products, and particularly the sugar-laden energy drinks. Is it a case where they've the companies jump the gun with the marketing. Exactly. The, the marketing team have sort of run away, in, in a scientist's opinion, particularly the 
in my opinion, the Facebook marketing and things like that has potential to deceive people or that it's doing what it hasn't been tested to do yet. I see. It might be still doing it through a placebo effect or through the actual ingredients. Um, I think some of that might have been spoilt now, the placebo side of it, by the announcement the government have made, but they just haven't produced the evidence yet. So what is so special about these three ingredients, blackcurrant, pine bark extract and L-theanine? So the ingredient, in my view, has the most evidence around it is the New Zealand berry fruit. So we have something special in New Zealand with our berries. Because the flesh easily gets burnt in our bright sunlight, they produce more pigment to stop it getting burnt. And that pigment is high in a type of antioxidants. Antioxidants can be good for us to prevent damage in our brain and they're associated with changing certain brain chemicals and neurotransmitters. And we have more of them than anyone else. So drinking New Zealand berry fruit is a, is a really good idea. And we've had, there's quite a bit of science around this, actually, um, enough to substantiate some evidence around the berry f- uh, fruit ingredients that have, that have gone into this. Mm. Um, for that ingredient, there, there are evidence. There's also some evidence around L-theanine having a calming effect. And it's often used alongside caffeinated products to sort of take the edge off the overstimulation. And so that's been put in here with that mental clarity aim in mind. Uh Um, But that one wouldn't have been tested against a New Zealand mental performance or health claim, I don't think. And then the New Zealand pine bark extract. Pine bark isn't necessarily poisonous. People eat the bark of trees as survival food often, uh, nutritious. And there's a type of polyphenols in that as well. So we're talking about these polyphenols, these types of reducing agents or antioxidants that aren't necessarily categorised as vitamin C. They're different to vitamin C. But these things that the plant uses to regulate its metabolism or protect itself from the environment that also protect us. But the New Zealand Food Standard Codes needs you to adhere to claims that people have made around one of those in particular and be correct to that. And I think what the company have been quite right to say is that, well, there was a lot of nuance to new things here and evidence coming through and, and we're dealing with an older code where we can't talk about those things. But regardless of that, you still, in my view, need to test them in the cocktail they're in to make sure it does what you think it does. And that's where the product lacks the evidence. I was sold on this quite early. I was invited to a a promotional breakfast. It was at the Grove, a fancy restaurant in Auckland. I sat next to a um, an Olympic athlete. Yeah, and there were a number of people, like it seemed like neuro specialists, who stood up, and you know, it was very exciting and very convincing. But (laughs) I think we all wanted to really believe that this you know, this was going to make a difference. And the athlete that I sat next to said that she drank it every day and it made a difference Mm. to her performance. I think it can. It's a great source of these antioxidants and these polyphenols. And the neurospecialists would have been talking about the published evidence behind those, which is substantial. Mm. Um, What I'm saying is if you want to advertise in something that's going to boost your performance 30 minutes after taking it in a a way that competes with other things you might have been doing instead, they haven't tested that. Mm. So they haven't got the studies yet on the cocktail out there. It's on the ingredients. And they've been careful to say on on the bottle here, it will say something about our ingredients. But again, the analogy back to your chemist checking that the drugs you're on don't interact in a way that that don't help you. So it's probably worth doing if you if you've got the money to spend, then um, I think I think it's a good product. Okay. Yeah. So what have we all learnt from this? I think the story here is around um, what has happened 
because the company uh, I said they're doing their best now to bring their marketing back in line with what it should be for the benefit of not deceiving the consumer. They're allowed to say everything that they're saying. And then hopefully going forward, that the studies that have been commissioned are ongoing and will be, will generate the evidence they'll need to make the claims. And then it will be, as the CEO wants it to be, a billion dollar, hopefully, export drink for New Zealand. And everyone that have been involved will be a winner, including me, who helped at the start. <laughs> and I'll be able to put it on my CV as well. <laughs> OK. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Phil Benj. Our producers are Alexia Russell and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Dr Nick Gant. What do you think? Is there anything else you want to say no, about I this? Don't think it's, I don't think it, uh, maybe the drink. Maybe it was better towards the end, so the drink has. Uh, yeah. Has well, are we? Yeah, uh, I think I think I'm do. now clear in my mind about. <laughs> You've the got story. the mental clarity now. <laughs> yeah, that's that, right. That, that you needed to. 